This episode of the Rebel Entrepreneur Coaching Series comes with an explicit content warning. If you've got the kids in the back of the car, if you're listening to this in the loudspeaker at home, stop now, put your headphones on and listen away safely. There will be swearing and adult themes. The subject of this episode is Katie Coombs, Simon Payne and I help Jamie the Artist decide where she's going to start with her next mini experiment. So if you need help choosing which idea, this is the episode you need to listen to. Welcome to the Rebel Entrepreneur Coaching Series, where we get to chat to the cutting edge entrepreneurs who are actually making it happen just like you are. And our plan is to review their businesses, help them make progress. And as you listen along, we'll coach you through your business at the same time. So you can take these ideas and apply them straight away because Rebel Entrepreneur is all about getting going, making money and having fun. The extraordinary belongs to those that create it. Rebelling against business plans and debt, rebelling against what society expects of us to build cool businesses, make money, have fun and do good. Let's create something extraordinary together. Welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur. So on today's show, we've got back with us Jamie Dillon, and this time we've got Mr. Simon Payne as well. Jamie, Simon, welcome to the show. Hello, Alan. Hello, Jamie. How's it going? Hi, great. Thanks. Hi again, uh, Alan. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Not Simon. Never met you Hi. before. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, are you scared of me? Are you worried what I'm <laughs> going to say? <laughs> a, little, a little bit. Just a touch. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> so the first episode that you may have listened to was with Katie Coombs and Jamie, and we explored Jamie's three different brands. Jamie's an illustrator. She has three different brands. She does cute, spooky horror art. She does erotic art and pinups. And she does kids art and kids books. And what we were trying to figure out in episode one was which of these should Jamie focus on? Because one of the things we talk about at Pop-Up Business School is if you try and do three different projects at once, you'll do a little bit of each of them, but you'll never make massive progress on any of them. And when you're a solo entrepreneur and you're just starting out, focus can be so critical. Now, we were sort of ending, Jamie, the last episode on the fact you might do the Kindle book publishing and do a kid's book. But it was, uh, it was kind of some very vague language that was going on of that you might focus and you might go away and look at it and you might journal and maybe think about it. That is correct. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for <laughs> reminding me of how indecisive I was. Yeah. Hearing it spoken <laughs> back to me. Yeah. Got my number, Alan. I was totally going to go and have a good think about it and probably do two of the three. You're, you are correct. <laughs> I love listening to people's language when they say things, especially because that's exactly what I would do, Jamie, is if someone tries to pin me down and I don't want to be, I'll go, yes, yeah, um, I'll just go away and have a think, <laughs> uh, which means that I won't be doing that. Yeah. So I heard even like, so um, when a client tells you, I'm going to have to think about it. It's always a no. It's always a no. It's, you know, you're, you have to catch them there. If they're like, you know, you give them a quote and they're like, I just have to go back and think about it. You have to be like, well, you know, like, what is it that, you know, is stopping you from making a decision today? So basically you are doing the, what is stopping me from making a decision today about my own hopes and dreams. So thank you for that, Alan. <laughs> 
<laughs> and we also have my business partner, Mr. Simon Payne, along for the journey to help us with some ideas and inspiration. Simon, for those of you who don't know, is one of the most creative people I know. He is an artist, he's a singer, he has a million ideas a day, which is both inspirational and paralyzing at times. So you could have some insight to share with us on this one, Simon. I think I'm just going to turn this into a therapy session for me and Jamie. We're going to have, yeah, like, whole, like, we're going to have like an hour of like, isn't it tough being creative and all these cool ideas that we have. We're just going to commiserate oh and God, yeah. uh, sail off into the sunset and carry on doing what we were doing and not be bullied by people like you, Alan, and people like Katie. <laughs> and then I will bully you to make a choice. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Right. That sounds fine. That's great. Especially when you're saying like being like paralyzed of too many ideas that resonates with me so deeply. Even like yesterday when I'm thinking of, I was working on my KDP and I was setting up my store and I'm like, do I register a publishing company or just a, just a corporation? Or do I just start working under my name? And if I pick a business name, what should it be? And should I register in, in, you know, Canada or in the States? Because most of the, like, and I just wanted to curl up and cry basically. <laughs> and I hadn't I even drawn you. a single thing. <laughs> <laughs> Simon, tell Jamie what my approach to that would be. I think, Alan, you would just stare and go, which one are we going to sell now? And pick up the phone, send an email and start selling something. And you don't need to create anything yet because you haven't sold anything yet. So worry about the corporations and the paperwork and the stuff later. Pick something that lights you up. Go find a customer, ask them for cash. If it works, repeat. That's generally my approach to everything. And I would have just launched it even if it had spelling mistakes within it which Simon's reaction to that. Uh, how many times have I launched a webpage selling something, Simon, and you've had to correct everything? 11T3. I think, I think that's a real number, <laughs> but it's definitely around that number. <laughs> and it's interesting, the different personalities and the amount of options that you have sometimes stops you from taking action. I've got to a point now where I just go, I don't care, let's just sell something, anything. I'm going to take action and make it happen. And that's a difficult place for, I think, a lot of people to get to. So what do you think is stopping you from just making one of these things happen, Jamie? Well, it's interesting. Uh, we met because I filled out your end of season survey and it was asking, you know, what actions did you take? And I did get a lot of commissions this year because I just said, you know, I put myself out there where people found me and I just said, yes, I said yes to things. And, and it's funny because I just made it work. Even when I didn't have much time, I was able to always get my commissions done on time and just go for it and just do it. You know, I have, especially for my erotic art, I had like this pen name and, you know, you don't want everyone to know your real name, especially like if you're doing erotic art, there's a lot of weirdos out there. Um, I guess I'm one of them, but whatever. That's another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do that therapy <laughs> session later. But here I am like charging people under my real name because I don't have like a business set up for like my erotic pen name. And, and it didn't, not, you know, nothing bad has happened yet, she says on a public podcast. So yeah, so I have been moving forward and I have already done one KDP book and put it out there and just, you know, just did it. And I didn't like the pen name I chose. And I'm like, well, too bad. Just do the next one under a different pen name. You could have literally a different pen name for every book you make. It doesn't matter. So there is part of me that does push those things aside and take action. But then... I guess when I start to really think about, okay, instead of just being a side hustle, if it's going to actually be something that I could leave my day job for, then I start to get overwhelmed. Because then I'm like, well, then I really have to pick. I can't just do this all for fun anymore. I have to really stick to something. And when it comes to sticking to something, one idea, I know that the reason I haven't completed a lot of things in my life is because I didn't pick. 
I'm completely aware of it. And I know if I just did these three month batches, I would have completed so much in my life, but I still feel I have this fear of missing out on creativity. You know, there's so much I want to make in my life. There's so much I want to create. And yeah, so I, I jump around too much. That's my biggest problem. Well, that there's so many things, but that is one of them. Simon, have you ever overcome the the fear of missing out with the ideas? Because I do remember the early days of pop-up, we both found it hard to stay focused on the one idea. Have you overcome this? No, I'm a complete basket <laughs> case. But <laughs> what I can say is that I've had some recent epiphanies in this space. And, you know, I think every time I, I hear Jamie speak, I'm I'm just getting pumped. I'm excited for a good reason and a bad reason. The bad reason is it's making me feel creative. It makes me want to come up with new ideas. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but this is what we, this is what creatives are like when they get together. It starts to you know you, you start to become feral and uh, your, your ideas spark and, and so on. But the good news is, I think I can share a perspective that might help. My first thought, Jamie, and is just to really let yourself off the hook, and it's part of the process. I think for many many years I've felt this tension of I got all these different creative talents and ideas and things that I want to try things that I'm not very good at but passionate about and want to do more of and so on and I've been beating myself up for years with exactly the same thing as you just said that you felt like you were holding yourself back because you haven't focused and you haven't leaned into it a, a certain part of this journey is that that's part of the process and that's okay and you do like you do have to explore these things and you do have to kind of figure out what lights you up and what doesn't and you will go through a period of days, weeks, months, years where you go, I think it's this, but I'm not quite sure. And um, this is the experience that I've had recently and why Alan and Katie, perhaps a deeper reason why they've pushed you into focus is that you don't know which one of these is the right one. And you won't know until you lean into one of them at the next level. Because it seems like the lesson that the universe is trying to teach you here is properly monetize art. And you've had some experiences where it's worked really well, but it hasn't been enough to push you over the line into a quit my job project, right? So the first question I had is kind of, if this is to become a quit my job project, do you know what the magic number is? Do you know what number you need to hit every month? And do you know how much cash you want to have in the bank as a sort of a, you know, in case I don't make any money for a couple of months, I need to make sure I've got three to six months money in the bank, emergency fund or whatever. But monthly basis, if I can make six, seven, eight hundred thousand, two thousand dollars, whatever it is, do you know what that number is yet? Yes. Cool. Have you done the exercise of driving that number down yet? No. Is that number as low as it could be? Have you cancelled Prime? Have you, have, you done, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. have you done the subscription, taken the subscriptions out, negotiated your electricity and gas, you know, taken your rent down or negotiated with your mortgage, you get that number as low as you can. That, that would be my first step, I think. Yeah. So actually that's part of my, I'm on a two weeks vacation right now. And part of my plan is to sit and really see, okay, like, what do you really need? Because as a person who's always had a day job, you know, I have a budget, I have savings, all these things, but I've never really brought it down like my expenses as much as I could, you know, especially because because I have a day job when I need art supplies or web hosting or whatever, I'm I spend it. And and you know, there's times when I'm like, did I really need like 
Evernote premium for like that many years? Like, does yeah. that really bring joy to my life? <laughs> um, so, you know, there's a lot of those things I've cut out. I certainly still need web hosting and things like this. But yeah, and you're right. Instead of thinking about how can I make more at this point, it's like, how can I cut as much as I can? That's definitely a part of my two week vacation plan uh, is to sit and, and really make that clear. So I do have a number of like what's comfortable and I would like to get to that lowest amount so that I can say, because let's say with my day job, I was making enough to reach that lowest amount. That's super exciting because that means if I left my job and I had 40 extra hours a week, man, for sure I could build that number up. Like if I've already got the system going to reach that low amount and I suddenly have all this time, I absolutely believe that I, I would have the ability to bring that number up. It's just right now, I am bringing in a small, small, small amount of money by my art, but it's it's like so not consistent and it's not at all anything that I can like say is passive or, or yeah, I guess consistent is the word I should have stuck with. Like it's here, it's there, there's commissions, but no one reoccurring revenue stream. Okay, that makes sense. So the reason I asked the question was because the lower you can get that number, the faster your quit your job project happens. Yes, that is absolutely correct. Cool. My second thought from your chat with Katie, I wrote down the words, so probably the KDP. <laughs> yeah, that's the <laughs> perfect summary of that entire episode. Thank you, uh, Simon. It's <laughs> pretty much it. So like, let me tell you about this, this woman I met in Nottingham once, right in the UK. So I said to her, so tell me about your art and, and your creativity. I can tell that you're a creative person. Tell me what's your, what's your business? What's your art business all about? She said, I make bags. And I said, cool. And she said, and I went, okay. <laughs> and jewelry. I said, okay, I can see how these things might go together. And then she said, and clothing. And I also do watercolor and I'm a sculptor and I do yoga lessons in my spare time. And I'm thinking of launching a teaching business too. And I said to her, how much money have you got? She said, nothing. I said, hmm, I think I know the reason why. And she looked at me and she said, you're not going to make me focus, Simon. <laughs> I, said, I just smiled. I said, why not? She said, because darling, I'm a creative and I like to fill my life with lots of different creative things, which that's what fuels my creativity. And I said, well, if I said to you, your someday maybe list, and you can put some of your things on there, which ones would you put on your someday maybe list and which ones would it leave you with? And she said, none. I like doing them all equally. I'm passionate about all of them. And I think to myself, I think this is going to be a long conversation. I don't know. You know, I'm not going to figure out how to make this woman focus. And um, I said, it doesn't matter where you focus. It just matters that you focus. Just to begin with, to lean in to something. And I think, I mean, the three biggest problems that I've come up against with creative folk is one of them's focus, one of them's confidence, and one of them is treating it like a proper business. And I mean, kind of wanting to make money out of art isn't enough. Being talented isn't enough either. There's plenty of talented people that don't make anywhere near the money that they could and, and should be making. And equally, there's plenty of very, very successful creative folk and artists that are nowhere near as talented as you. And these are the ones that treat it like it's uh, uh, you know, a proper business and go, right, I need to fire the artist in me for the other hours in the week. I'll hire the artist in me for the hours where I'm doing art. But for the rest of the week, she needs to be fired because she's holding me back from making progress. I need to hire the version of myself that says, well, I need to think about diversified income. I need to think about three or four different sources of income. I need to think about a lead product, you know, a first this, then that. Because if I sell them that book, then I can sell them this artwork and then this 
you know, drawing masterclass or this, you know, commission or whatever it is. But we need to stick something at the tip of the arrow because you can always sell other stuff later. How does that land with you? Yeah. So as you were talking about this woman who clearly is my soulmate from across (laughs) the world, uh, you know, tough love. I I felt it. I had to tell you, Simon. So I also, and as I stand here in my studio, looking over at my art supplies, I have uh, done oil painting, watercolor, acrylic sewing. I used to make my own clothing, knitting, crochet, uh, <laughs> um, dolls. Um, what <laughs> else do I got here? Jamie. You know, like there's a lot here. And um, I've stopped all of those to work on. So what I'm doing now is just digital art. I've really focused on digital art. So in my mind, I was like, I have niche down. I am only doing digital art and in the style of like my bright cartoony, thick outlines, bright colors, not even like, you know, the concept art kind of digital art. So I'm like, I've really narrowed it down. So even though I've narrowed down like this far, even then I still have somehow found a way to split myself in three. How did I do that? That's quite impressive. Yeah, thanks. (laughs) I guess, you know, talent is overrated. So is motivation. Like neither of those things are going to get you the results that you want. And I feel like I'm, I'm caught where I am because of, because of that, because I did really make that strong decision of like, no, you're pushing out all those other art stuff. That's not it. That's not what you're passionate about. Like I had like a pet portrait business where I was painting oil painting pet portraits and it took so long, you know, I was able to say, no, this is not going to work. So I think because I was able to cut all that out, I thought I was focusing and I see some artists niche down so, so, so much. Like they're like, I only draw cats in this watercolor, or I only draw in this palette and it's so niche down. And maybe that is the answer. And that terrifies me because as much as I'm like just working on this one business idea now, I think what I worry about is if I just focus on this one art project and this one art style for three months, is that me? Am I going to forever be a kid's book illustrator? What if I want to do more adult work? You know, have I now built this brand and built this business and built everything around this version of myself that makes kids books, which I enjoy. But does that mean I've now cut myself off and and created an identity for myself that isn't this other thing? Yeah, that makes sense to me. I understand that. And I actually, I don't think that's the right way to go. That's what not what niching is for me. I think what niching is for me is a, is a purely about outbound. Like, what are you going to put out? And it's not the art that you put out, it's the products that you put out. That's to me, because I think if I'm going to help you get to to quit your job project and Alan and Katie and us as a team, if we go, what is it that's going to help Jamie get to that point in the, the shortest possible route in a way that doesn't make her feel like she's selling out and selling her soul and losing <laughs> out on all of her creative talents and so on. Like, to me, I think your style of art is enough. I think you've pretty much achieved it there. The question I want to ask you before we go down that like specific action route, there was something that you said in your notes in your email to Alan before we did the podcast, which was uh, you said that you've lost your passion for the adult work, the horror stuff and the erotic stuff and so on. My question for you, have you lost your passion because you don't enjoy creating that anymore? Or have you lost your passion because you can't see a way of making money from that now? Not the horror stuff I, that that I certainly have tons of passion for. No, just the actual erotic art. And I think it, well, it used to be such a huge passion of mine. And uh, it's not that I don't have like a, a love of sex. Like I certainly still have a passion for sex, but just something about, I think it was, I'll tell you, I didn't want to be defined by just doing 
erotic art and pinups. I wanted to be creating deeper stories. So, you know, there are artists who literally just do pinups and they're just doing pretty girls dressed up. And my erotic art, I think I mentioned in the last episode, it is about body positivity and diversity. So I'm not just doing the same like character over and over with different hairstyles. Like I'm really doing diversity and different body types and different nationalities. And so there is a meaning behind what I do in that I'm trying to to show diversity, make women of different diverse bodies feel feel good about themselves. But I still felt like, ugh, I'm missing something deeper here, that storytelling element. And when I did my first actual erotic comic, I found drawing the sex scenes was actually kind of boring. I enjoyed doing the story and the interaction between the characters and the flirtation. I enjoyed that more, but just, I found, and I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have known unless I had drawn that comic that like just drawing sex just didn't do it for me. didn't bring me the excitement that I thought it would. Yeah. So I guess also like there is a lot of, in the erotic art, there's a lot of pushback in selling it. There's just so many hurdles and challenges. And so part of me is also turned off by that. And then the reason I'm so passionate about like my horror art is because I don't know, I've just loved horror movies since I was a kid, which I watched them like way too young. I'm a weirdo. I'm like, you know, a 39 year old. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, it's like, I would say being weird is my brand. If I had like one word, it's just like being a big weirdo. And so there is part of me that wants to create this fun art that makes younger women who are weird feel like, Hey, it's cool. It's cool to be weird. And here's stuff for you to enjoy when the rest of the world is trying to be on reality TV and and watch the Cardassians. I don't even know if they're still a thing. You can be weird and it's totally cool. And here's some comics for you and here's some stuff for you to feel good about yourself and, and your, and your weirdness. So that, I guess there is this part of me that doesn't just want to make art, but wants to make art that makes people feel good have self-esteem touches people, especially women, you know, my feminist side is always coming out. So yeah, I felt like the erotic art as much as it was talking about body positivity, diversity was missing this deeper part that like my stories were bringing out. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Um, So I think I'm tempted to ask you a question about this or that, or first this, then that, but before I do, I've got a feeling Alan saw this the same way. Modern dark fairy tales or modern dark tales for badass girls is the bio that you've got on one of your um, your pages, right? Yeah. And I don't see that and the horror as two different things and, and the erotic stuff, by the way. For me, that comes under the same thing. It's kind of, it's dark art for badass girls that in inverted commas that encompasses a whole bunch of stuff. I see there's a big crossover and maybe life could be simpler if you made one, well, it made it yeah. one thing. So I had this kind of like, I mentioned it before, but I didn't talk about it, the sort of Venn diagram, right? So we have like the spooky, cute horror, which is like the dark fairy tales, as you say. So this still encompasses body positivity. My characters are still diverse. There is like a sexuality there, definitely like pinups and rockabilly can be part of that. So the erotic art Venn diagram sort of leans over with the pinups and body positivity and feminism. Then it's like, well, where's the kids stuff? Well, for the spooky, cute horror, it's like, well, maybe it's more young adult and the funny animals can still be characters, you know, in this world. I don't know. Like, and then like, I don't really see how the kids and the erotic, you know, unless we can just <laughs> talk about like self-esteem issues, you know, like kids book, uh-huh. self-esteem, grown up self-esteem. So, so there is in the middle of my Venn diagram, I guess what's there is the spirit of it, the feeling good, being okay with yourself, body positivity, you know, acceptance of being different, acceptance of being weird. I think that's like the thing that coalesces. 
So yeah, that's the middle of the Venn diagram. It doesn't really go with like what I would be creating. It's just the essence of what I, Jamie Dillon, believe is a philosophy for life. Sure. I see it as two, there's two separate things going on here for me. I think there's the animals and the kids books and the kids stuff. And then there's the adult, the erotic, the horror, the kinky, the kind of dark stuff. Mm -hmm. Both of those two things are going to be hard to make money. And both of those things, it's absolutely possible to make a really, really good income from either of them. It's just so happened that you've hit barriers for one at a different place than where you've hit barriers for the other. But you're going to find it tough either way. There's going to be some challenges, you know? Yeah. The reason I ever even had a separate erotic art account was because I was going to go real kinky with it. Like it's the, the, I think I mentioned, I don't know if I said it. It's uh, all my social media for that is cute kink love. So it's super kinky, but again, cartoony and and, and cute, but kinky. And I was really going to go for like really making erotic comics that are quite graphic. So I didn't want, if I'm doing this other art, I also didn't want art that kind of focuses on younger women that it should be, hey, here's all these sexy girls. You're only important if you're sexy. You know, I kind of wanted to be like, oh, I don't know if I want like sexy pinups, you know, and feminism all in the same boat. Now, years later, being like a super strong advocate of the sex worker community and women's rights to do whatever they want with their body. I'm like, actually, no, like these things go just fine together. There's nothing wrong with being sexy and, you know, doing, you know, work for younger women because that's empowering. And yeah, so I think they could, I could bring sexy back (laughs) to like my horror art. And then I wouldn't feel like I was missing out. And then like the commissions that I'm getting right now from this one client, I could bring him over to my horror art and I wouldn't have to like have three, but I think that's what the kids and the horror art are just so different that they cannot live in the same universe. Yeah. That makes sense to me. I've got a gun to your head, Jamie, or I'm about to chop your fingers off or something like that, something horrible to this make you choose something. Well, there we go. <laughs> I love it. Um, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to lose your fingers, Jamie, unless you decide which of these things, because bo- both of those things are going to be tough. Both of those things are going to be inspiring. Both of those things are going to be fun. Both of them are going to be hard, but I'm about to pull the trigger, Jamie. You've got to decide right now, which one are you going to start with? Well, if it's, if you're asking like, Hey, you've got to pick because you have to pick the one that will make money. I think that... No, that's not a, what I said. Oh, it's okay. It's not about money. Okay. Because it's if it was just heart. like, yeah, in my heart, well, like, yeah, if I am to choose the thing that I really want to do because I've just wanted to do this, it's always there. I'm always going back to it. Yeah. It's my like spooky, cute horror art, my like dark fairy tales for weird girls. Like this is absolutely what I feel the most passionate about. I'm just worried that I cannot market this really at all. It's too niche or it's too vague or I don't know like I I would love to go that way I would love it I just don't see how like really it seems like such a long 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 game like or road you know like slowly building an audience slowly making my comics slowly this and that like hey Jamie let's not do it slowly let's do it fast okay sure let's do that how (laughs) if you said to me like here's my passion and you got to go really really slow like you can you can it's really hard (laughs) by the way it's going to be really hard. It's going to be really long. It's going to be really slow and it ain't going to work for you. And da, 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 da. like, I've already given up. Yeah. But the, at the start of that sentence, you said, you said, oh, well, like I'm holding the gun and I'm about to pull the trigger and you go, well, actually it's this one. That to me is that's step one. That's step yeah. one. Because it's going to be hard. Whichever those routes you take, it can be fast or it can be slow. Yes, either of them, it's going to take a bunch of time. And yes, there's a whole bunch of marketing to figure out. But to me, they're not any harder or easier 
you're going to have to go through the same process, whichever one you choose. So you might as well choose the one that lights you up. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? And I feel, I guess like um, part of me feels like, can I really do what I want to do? Like, am I not being foolish in picking the thing that I have, I find more fun? Is that not foolish and childish? And I should pick the thing that is, you know, better for business. So you want to be an accountant? Right. Yeah. I thought we talked about that already. <laughs> <laughs> so that was decided in the last step. <laughs> I get it. No, I think I completely get it. Remember the said the three things that I find that creatives struggle the most with is focus and, you know, choosing and understanding their own art and their own creativity to, and listening to your heart to know which direction to go in. Second is confidence in your ability. And you've just revealed there's a little bit of kind of, who am I? Who am I to make a business out of doing something I love doing? Must I go and find something a little trickier? Let, let me go and find something that feels harder because it's yeah. more, in, you know, that's the business I should be running, right? And then the third thing is is treating it like a business. And there is a tension for a creative. Like I, I used to stand on stage. The manager of the band that I was in, he used to look at me and he said, if you don't try and sell these albums in between songs, you get, like, I want you to make sales during the set. If you don't do that, he said, I'm, I'm going to attack you after the show. And he was deadly serious. He was six <laughs> foot four. He had pink hair, uh, like in a Mohican style. And he stared at me like, he, like I'm going to beat you up if you don't make sales. But I said to him, but <laughs> I'm an artist, darling. I just want to, <laughs> the, the music will sell itself. If I'm good enough, it will sell itself. And then when he threatened me again, after the, the second song, I said, okay, I get it. I, I, I'll sell. And we outsold the headline band that night in merchandise significantly because for the very first time in two years, we treated it like a business. And that's, that's the thing for me. And, and this is one of the things I said to that lady in Nottingham, bless her. I said to her, um, if you worked in a call center and that was your day job, if you took in your sewing machine and started making bags whilst you're at your desk, like, do you think your boss would like this? And she said, no, I've got my boss is really grumpy in the call, the call center that I used to work in. She said, it's really funny that you've chosen a call center. And I said, well, like, it's the same in your, when you're self-employed, don't bring your hobbies to work, but you get to decide what your hours are. So if you said, you know, because I'm so busy, because I got all this stuff going on right now, I can dedicate four hours a week to my business to start with, or two hours or six hours or eight hours, whatever it is. What I've noticed is that the moment you pick the thing that feels right right now then the other things that you were doing that takes up your time start to fall away like this has just happened to me i've suddenly like for years i've enjoyed writing and i thought i want to write this i want to write that i have a few experiments it doesn't work who am i to be a writer anyway and then suddenly i've had an, like a, a moment of when i when i that thing when you would you just stop for a second just stop and like, just get rid of all the thoughts, all the doubts, the fears, the anxieties. But it happened five years ago when this happened and get rid of that for a second and just breathe. And then you go, do you know what? In my heart of hearts, I know what it is that I'm going to do next. And then it just arrives. And then I do that. And then I'm writing a thousand words a day. So I think, you know, just give yourself permission. And if you can't give yourself permission, Alan will give you permission to build a business <laughs> doing the thing that lights you up the most. Because it's really hard, like business is hard, whichever topic you choose, you might as well choose something that, you know, in your heart of heart feels like what lights you up the most. And by the way, if in three months time you go, oh my God, I was completely wrong. It's the kids animals. That's the stuff that's really lighting me up. Then that's okay. That's part of the process. But you, you don't know how you're going to feel A, in three months time and B, you're not going to know how you feel when you lean into this 
art or whichever one you choose, you lean into it and start taking the steps to turn it into a proper business. And then you go, do you know what? I don't think I actually want to do this. But you can't decide that until you've gone, you've got to take the medicine, you've got to follow the steps and focus is the first pill. You know what I mean? I think, uh, I mean, if you read my email, then you also saw like the third point that I had the most trouble with, which is mindset. I am working on this a lot to to have that. I big part of me feels that if I say, okay, I'm going to go for the thing I really want to do, uh, this voice is like, who am I to have fun as an artist and make a living off of it? Who am I to have that dream life? I don't know why that it's just this part of me thinks that that starving artist mentality, I don't know what it is, but part of me cannot believe that I could actually make a living making art that I love. And I, it's not that I don't love making the kids stuff either, but like really, really, really like the thing that like the main passion and the thing, these stories, man, the, the, the thought of dying and not creating these stories that, you know, I have written out and I just have to draw them. Like it makes me so sad to think that I would die and not create these stories. I cannot believe that I would be allowed to make a living like this. Do you know what I mean? Like there's this weird shame. I don't know what's going on. We're having my therapy session here. Talk it out with me, Simon. <laughs> okay, I get it. Well, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna come to Alan because Alan knows exactly because you the words you said was I've got this voice inside me that says, Who am I? Right? Alan, what do we need to say to that voice? Uh am I allowed to swear? It's sure my own podcast. podcast. <laughs> I can say what I want. Do what the hell you want, shut the shut the up. Like we that voice is not helping. That mm. voice is not helping. And there's lots of shame sometimes. There's lots of shame over being successful and doing what you want. But the thing is, someone's doing it. So why not you? Someone's out there making money doing what they love. Someone's got their dream job working at a channel, creating TV shows and stories around art. Someone's creating graphic novels and making money. There's people out there doing this. Like, why not you? That is a good question. And that's what I feel. And I get fired up when I think about, oh, what if I kickstarted my own comic and that's someone else's idea? What if I, you know, like it's, it's very exciting to me. It's, it's almost too exciting that I curl up into a ball feeling overwhelmed. Well, it sounds like, so I've listened to a lot now and you got very excited over the Kickstarters. You got very excited over the dark fairy tales for weird girls, which I love the cute, spooky horror. Like, why not just do that? And you don't even have to write the book to do the Kickstarter. That's the whole point of Kickstarter is don't write the book, sell it first. Yeah. And if it sells, if you make a load of money, then write it and deliver it. That's the whole purpose of Kickstarter. So I would say do an experiment, work on that. And your experiment, actually, you will only get to do the bit that you love, which is creating the stories and doing the art if you get the marketing and sales right at the start. But that's the way it should be. Because why do all the creative work if no one's ever going to see it? Do the sales and marketing up front and get the audience and the money, and then you've got an inbuilt audience that you can then send it to. So from everything we've said, this is feeling like the thing. But then I feel like we come up with a new answer every two minutes. Well, I feel a little bad because Katie had such great insights and I felt like her marketing mind, you know, that more analytical was like, come on, like, this is sounds like the thing that you have a clear business plan about. So I feel a little bad, Katie, you know, that like, maybe I'm going to change what I had with you. 
Like who knew that would happen, right? Like on this two-parter, you know, exciting episode, like what's going to happen? We still have 20 minutes. Who knows what I'll say in 20 minutes. Um, the idea of, <laughs> <laughs> the idea of, of saying, why don't you just take the next three months and work on your passion project? It fills me with like a relaxed sense. Like I'm just of like joy of like, what if I did take three months and just like, for the first time in my entire life, just took three months and worked on exactly what I wanted to work on. Like that's, it seems like a wonderful gift that I never gave myself. And like, what if I do the KDP after that three months, instead of doing KDP now and then doing what I want after, like I still have a day job, like I have savings, like if something happened, like why not just do what I want to do for three months? Why not allow myself that joy and build it and market and do all the things just for that? And then after, in three months, if the not going anywhere then i can switch back to like kids books and kdp i don't know so let's through the power of the internet and the magic of the world <laughs> let's bring back in the fabulous katie coombs to uh, deal with that exact <laughs> thing that we've just spoken about because we spent an entire hour talking about where to go with these things and this is sometimes how it happens katie what are your thoughts here jamie jamie i mean <laughs> i'm just <laughs> I'm gobsmacked. I thought I had so it all sorry. worked out. I thought you were there with me. We we're doing KDP. We had a connection. We had a relationship. I know. And you've just spoken to that charmer. That's Simon, <laughs> whatever his name is, Simon Payne. And he's so charming. Simon Snake Oil Payne. With your creativity vibe going on, like two creatives talking about things that you share. And it's made me jealous and angry. <laughs> and we had it sorted. I know that KDP is the one for you. I mean, I was looking at you taking over the world there. Anyway, apart from that, it sounds like you've made the right decision. <laughs> I still love you, Katie. I mean, I feel we have that female connection, you know, I just, I mean, there's still like, what, 18 minutes, like we could change it again. You could bring me back. I reckon we could. I reckon if I asked you a few questions, you could be doing the erotic art before you know it. <laughs> <laughs> or something completely different. I think this is the piece is there's no wrong answer. And I think this is what actually makes entrepreneurship so difficult is there is no wrong answer. It doesn't actually matter. It's just pick the one that feels good in your heart and then let's make it work because there is no wrong choice here. So if we pick, okay, and what you said a minute ago, Jamie, really struck me. I've never given myself the gift of focusing on my real passion project. And well, Maybe it's time to give yourself that gift because it's not a wrong answer. Let's build the Kickstarter. Let's go straight from there. Let's come up with the book idea, which it sounds you've already got. Draw some of the characters, build the Kickstarter, work on a promotional plan, put it together. That's our three months. And let's see if we can make money doing what you love. And because it's a project in your spare time, we're not actually risking anything particularly. And let's see if we really can do it. And who knows? Maybe it can be you. Maybe you can be the one who actually does it. As you say that, I have excitement and fear. Like, or that kind of like, don't be so dumb. Like, what are you doing? And I go through, like, I do a lot of journaling. I go through this process where I kind of like forgive myself for the past. Like the fact that I didn't work on the art I wanted to work on. I kind of go through this thing where it's like, it's okay. You didn't do it in the past. It's okay. You can start now. And I do agree. There is no right answer. I know that is true. 
part of me still thinks that there's a wrong answer. You know what I mean? Like, okay, yeah, whatever you pick, totally fine. But don't pick that other thing because you might fuck up your life. Uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> that's sort of the fear that's there. I've written down uh, excitement and fear. And just when I ever feel excitement and fear at the same time, I know I'm doing something, I'm doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. I know this is what I should be doing right now. So when I have that feeling, oh God, oh, can I really do this? Oh, yes, yes. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so, and it's like that big mix. I think this is it. I'm doing exactly what I should be doing at this moment. I love that. I think that's a really, really good clue that you're on the right track. What I was going to say, Jamie, was that I can't promise that you won't make mistakes. In fact, I can promise that you will. And that's part of the process. And, uh, you know, we've made plenty and continue to make plenty. But the great news is that you don't have a boss, so you can't get fired. It doesn't, doesn't matter how many mistakes you make. And actually, the answer that you came up with to begin with about the KDP in that direction, that could also be the right answer. It could also be the wrong answer. And I think that yeah. the, the trick here is to first this, then that. Like pick something, lean in, your best guess of what excites you the most right now. Don't spend any money. Get customers in advance, like Alan said, with the Kickstarter stuff and see how it feels. And at the end of that process, you might go, oh my God, I was completely wrong. It was the KDP all along. But at the end of that process, you might go, actually, I've learned a whole bunch here and it didn't work, but I'm going to have another go. In fact, I'm going to have another 20 goes until I make it happen because this is what lights me up. I love it. So if I could just add a thought onto what Simon said, imagine you're stood and this is kind of how I'm visualizing where you are at the moment. You're stood and there's three mountains in front of you and you don't know which one to run up. You could run up the KBP mountain. You could run up the other mountain. You could run up this mountain. You could do any of them. What's the only way you don't make progress? By standing at the bottom. Yes. And the quickest way to make progress is to pick a mountain, any mountain, and run up it. And about halfway up, you'll know whether you're on the right track or not. (laughs) And then if you're not on the right track, you just come back down again and start on the other one. The only way to not make progress on those mountains is to sit paralyzed in the middle, writing business plans and debating about which one's best. Yep. So I would say, like, I feel a plan. I feel a release of energy. (laughs) I don't know about (laughs) you, but I feel excited about this. I feel like we have a plan. What do you think, Jamie? This has been a roller coaster of two episodes. <laughs> Surmise where you are. What has happened here? So what has happened here is I've taken my three ideas. Somehow I did merge two of them. We're putting the one that I thought would be the best option to the side. I can come back to it in three months. What's going to happen in three months? I probably would have wasted, if I had worked on all three, I would have wasted that three months not doing anything for sure. Right? We yes. all know that to be true. So I might as well put it to the side for three months and work on my passion project, give myself the gift of finally like completing my first dark fairy tale horror comic, a mini comic, something very small, and try and launch a Kickstarter for it. And if I fail, it costs nothing, didn't nothing happen except for my time. And I got to draw a bunch of cool comic stuff. So really, what's the worst that happened? I got to enjoy my life. Not so bad. Not so bad. It sounds perfect to me. Excellent. Katie Coombs, closing message for Jamie and for the audience, what are your thoughts you want to leave with people? Oh, I think just one, what Jamie said at the end, she gets to enjoy her life because actually this is all about happiness in the end. And if you're doing something that you are happy doing, there's more chance that you will be successful at it. So yeah, I think it's like whichever choice she makes, as long as she's enjoying herself, 
there's a good chance that she will make it, a very, very good chance she'll make it, and to give herself permission to make it too. I love that. I love that, Katie Coombs. Simon Payne, your closing thoughts? Any remarks about Katie Coombs coming back and hijacking your episode? (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited, always excited to hear Katie's voice. And, I've uh, had a glass of wine as well. So is that what it is? Getting a bit yeah, punchy that's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I guess like the two thoughts for me are thought number one, running a business and starting a business and treating art as a business is tough. So you might as well pick the thing that you enjoy the most. Otherwise, go and get a job because it's a lot easier. You don't have to do half as much. You know, you've got to, mm. you've got to think of a whole bunch of stuff if you're making your own money. So making sure that you pick something that in your, your best guess right now of what lights you up the most figure out the monetization of it later, but let's have that as a strong foundation. I guess my second thought is, you know, if I was in in Jamie's shoes right now, I'd be thinking, right, what are the tools that I need? I need a Kickstarter page, and then I need to ring everybody, text everybody, WhatsApp everybody, Facebook message everybody, everyone that's in my friends and family and co-workers and former co-workers and their friends of friends and leverage the audience of people that I know already. Because in your Venn diagrams, there'll be some people that you already know who kind of like what you're doing and want to support you. And I think once you've productized your Kickstarter, is you've got to go full-on promotion mode and get as many people to look at that page as you can. And I'm looking forward to you sending us the link. No pressure. No pressure. I know, as you were <laughs> like, contact everyone you know, and it's like, wait a minute, and then they'll see the thing I'm working on? Like, I yeah, have to actually put idea. it out there? Okay, I can do this. <laughs> and I I um I want to make this as mini a launch as possible. Like I want this Kickstarter to be not even about profit, you know, at this point. It could just be about getting it out, getting something done, getting it out there, make it seeing it how it works. Like I mean, I certainly do want to make profit at some point, but I I think I it's more important that I create something and put it out there and go through that whole process. Jamie, don't limit yourself. There's no point putting limits on this. Let's just go full out, do the experiment and have fun. Let's launch the Kickstarter. Let's share it everywhere and let's see what happens. And go at it with full passion, full energy, your heart in gear and see where it takes us. I don't think we need to limit ourselves. We just need to get version one going and we need to make it happen. And we would love to support you along the journey. That's amazing. Thank you very much, Alan. Cool. So to everyone listening to the Rebel Entrepreneur Show, the message we all really want to give you is there's no wrong answer. If you're starting a business without debt, you're only risking time and energy. Just start. Pick a mountain, run at it, have a go, see where you get to, and please just take action. Katie Coombs, you are a legend. Thank you for being on the show and being part of the show. Thanks very much, Alan. Thank you, Jamie. And thank you, Simon. Mr. Payne, goodbye. Jamie, you will be back and let us know what's going on. Yeah, I I feel uh, what a gift I got today to have three coaches going over my business plan with me. This was amazing. Thank you so, so much. I have a lot more clarity now. I really appreciate it. Picking which idea to go for can be tough. The thing is, there's no right answer. (laughs) 
that makes it really tough, doesn't it? There is no right answer. It's not like one answer is going to make you billions and one answer is going to make an abject failure. Like there's degrees of success. One answer might make you a bit. One answer might make you some more. One answer might not work this time. There's no right answer and you don't know what the answer is until you get going. And that makes it difficult. And actually, you've probably heard in this episode the doubt that creeps in. If you start to make a decision of which way to go, you then start to doubt yourself. And you can understand intellectually you're not going to make the right choice. But it's different to actually making a choice. And then the fear of missing out on the other ideas, the fear of it going wrong, just the fear. So what's the key takeaway I want you to get from this? The key takeaway is, imagine you're stood and there's two hills in front of you, two giant hills. Each one of those hills represents a business idea you want to try. And you're sat in the middle trying to debate and analyse which hill you should run up first. And you look at the one on the right and you think, will that make me money? How much work is it? How happy will I be? What will happen? And you kind of project forwards in your mind as much as you can what will happen. Then you look at the hill on the left and you think, how much money will that make me? What will happen? How happy will I be running this business? And you try and project forwards as well as you can. Now, here's the key bit. Some people... (laughs) sit between those two hills, endlessly debating which one is going to actually work for them. They don't know. They just sit there discussing it. And I think some people actually like the discussion more than making the progress on the business and actually getting it done. But if you want to make progress, you need to just pick one of the hills and run up it and get going. And actually, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter which hill you pick because the act of taking action... The act of starting to run, of making progress, will clarify which one you actually should have run up. And the key is, if you've been sat between those two hills trying to decide for too long and not making any motion, I would have picked one, run three quarters of the way up the first hill, decide it wasn't for me, come back down to the middle and run up the other one by the time most people would even have started. If you want to know for sure which hill is right, start. Pick one and go for it and you will learn along the way. And here's the key, you can change. You can actually change direction quite quickly. If you run halfway up the hill and go, this isn't for me, stop, come back down and get going. The danger is people stay in the state of indecision for years. And I mean, literally years. And I'm shocked by that. I don't want you to be stuck I don't want you to be in decision. I don't want you to be staring at your two dreams for years without ever making them come true. Stop being stuck and get in the game and you will learn from playing along the way. So my rallying cry to you today is to start. Pick an idea, put it out there, make progress and you will learn whether it's for you. You will learn whether it's too much hard work. You will learn whether you make money. But if you never start, you will never know. So please, pick an idea, any idea, and start. You can have any life you want to. Choose to build something cool. Choose to take action. Choose to work to make your dreams become reality. Stand out. Be different. Be yourself. Be a rebel entrepreneur.